Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new season of The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, a singer and vocal coach, Danielle Tucker. The Unstoppable Singer is an interview style show where we dive into the lives of real life professional singers who have achieved incredible feats in their careers. Uh, We explore the challenges and triumphs that come with a life under the bright lights, and we learn what being unstoppable truly means to them. So, If you're passionate about music and the stories of remarkable artists, then you're in the right place. Stick around. We're going to jump right into it, and I'm going to introduce my guest. Today, we have a truly remarkable guest with us, a talented singer, pianist, and vocal coach known for her extraordinary vocal prowess and her contributions to various music genres from Latin and jazz to R&B, classical, and gospel. Our guest today got her big break when a viral YouTube music video of her performing a stunning cover of If I Ever Lose This Heaven alongside members of Earth, Wind & Fire took the internet by storm, accumulating over 5 million views. But that is just the tip of the iceberg. She has lent her incredible voice to major films like Wish, Avatar, The Way of the Water, and The Black Panther 2. You might have also seen her on your screens, both as singer and on-camera talent in TV shows like Disney Channel's uh, Bizarre Vark, Monarch, and Hacks. Not to mention... She's graced prestigious staves performing live behind legendary composer Danny Elfman at Coachella and the Hollywood Bowl. And beyond uh, beyond her remarkable career in the entertainment industry, uh, she is equally passionate about mentoring and nurturing new talents in music, particularly Latina women, guiding them to thrive in their musical career. So please join me in welcoming the unstoppable V. Jordan. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Hi. So Uh, nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Finally, we've been working on this for a really long time. (laughs) Months. (laughs) We're finally here. We made it. We're here. And it's really, really great to meet you. I'm super excited for our conversation. Me too. Yeah. So why don't you just bring us up to speed on what you have going on in your career and life today? What's new in 2024 for you right now? Yeah, great, great place to start. Um, I just feel like this week in particular has just been the rush of work that I've been waiting for for months. We've had yes. the single strike, <laughs> you know, I, I had just had my my baby, my daughter, she's seven months old. So I took yeah. a little time off. So now I'm just like getting right back into it and um, it's at full speed. It's really fun. Um, I've got a number of different things coming up, but um, I will be performing again behind Danny Elfman. We're going to Vegas this time. Really excited about that uh, late April. Um, I do have a couple of collaborations this year that I'm really excited for branching out a little bit more on my artist side. Mm-hmm. 
I do have some stuff out on Spotify, like covers I did of R&B and soul and that type of thing after I did the big YouTube video. Um, but I've never collaborated with like other groups or artists before. So this will be really fun and new and fresh for me. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and then I have, uh, I regularly perform at a jazz club in Beverly Hills called Vibrato Girl Jazz. And I'll be playing there February 2nd. Really excited. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. You do have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always fascinating to talk to working singers just because yes. you you really do kind of have to, um, you got to have a lot of different streams of income. You've got to be involved in quite a few things and, yes. and definitely having a newborn as well. Uh, that requires some serious prioritization and time management skills. So how do you handle all of that? Um, you know, I, some days I do and some days I don't. Thankfully today was one of those days where it was handled. Um, but yeah, sometimes it really is just waking up in the morning and writing down top three or top Mm -hmm. five. And then I just have to commit to those. And if those go awry, I really have to have grace for myself and say, this is okay. This is the new season of life that I'm in as a mom. Um, you know, I'm also like taking care of my husband. There's that. So, you know, cooking and making sure his clothes are ironed, like all this stuff that's like, you know, I'm, I'm also a partner to someone and that takes a lot of work as well. So, you know, it's just, it's just having grace for myself and being like, okay, I'm going to do the best that I can today and hope that he appreciates it. I know she loves me regardless of whether or not I have clean PJs for her. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just try to take a shower every now and then and eat some lunch. Yeah. <laughs> really big. I love that answer. Yeah. I love that answer. Me. Because that's, that is the, that is the cold, hard truth. I mean, I have some really, you know, remarkable yeah. um, singers that come on here, including yourself. And they just live these, you know, extremely busy lives, have these major projects yeah. going on. Um, and it, from the outside looking in, you just think like, oh man, you know, these people, they just absolutely have it made. They have it so together. They are so like on top of things. But the reality is, is that nobody, nobody is on it a hundred percent every day. And when you have little ones, especially, I mean, well, everybody really, you, you do have to give yourself that grace and just, uh, you know, do the best you can. Yes. You know, that really is it. (laughs) Now, is this your first, is this your first child? It is. First one. So this is a whole whole new ball of wax. Oh, yes. Whole (laughs) new world. The babysitting, the the nanny, the how to feed her. She's eating all my food now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, I love it. Every day is totally new and brings a whole new inspiration for my career. And, Mm. and honestly, it, it kind of focuses it a little bit more. You know, when I was a little bit younger, didn't have a kid, wasn't married. It was kind of like all about me and my life. And I could drive anywhere, do anything, drop anything just to be at the most important places. And I think I was at a show every single night for about two years. And that's really how I met all the people that I met because I didn't go to music school. So I needed to like get into the business another way. And I know Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that. Um, Now that I'm a mom, kind of channels me in 
a little bit clearer of a direction. And now I know what to say yes to and what to say no to. It's mm -hmm. nice. I feel like I'm in a new era. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It, it's, I don't know if you have felt this yet, but uh, I remember when I became a mom for the first time, yeah. leading up to that, being in this business, there's so much self-promotion and you're constantly having to talk about yourself, put yourself out there. It's like at nauseum, right? But when, yeah. once you have a child come along, then you have to take at least some of that focus off yourself. And I found it to be kind of a relief that, yes. you know, I wasn't like, I didn't feel like so self-centered anymore. Yes. Come look at my baby. She's really yeah, cute. Exactly. My show. <laughs> it works. Exactly. It totally yeah. works. Yeah. It's, it's a great point. Yeah. She well, definitely takes, well, takes some of the attention off of me, which I really like. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, let's back it up and um, take us back in time to uh, little V Jordan and how uh, you got started in music. What ignited your passion for singing? Yeah. And I love this because I think it surprises everybody. But um, my my name is Ivana Cespedes. Um, that's my Cuban-Mexican, you know, <clears throat> name uh, that my father or mother gave me. And um, unlike most Latino kids, I didn't have like three middle names or like four middle names or anything like that. Um, and so and I always looked a little bit lighter. So, you know my skin has always looked like this. My hair is a little bit lighter than usual, but um, I never quite felt Latina enough. I also mm -hmm. grew up in a home that didn't really play a lot of music other than classical and like soundtrack type. So usually voiceless. It was usually just oohs and ahs. It was a lot of film music. It was stuff like that, which is great because that's what I do now. But you know, at the time it got kind of boring because it was just the same thing over and over again. Um, in terms of the classical side, I got really, really deep in the classical piano. I started out at five, finished taking lessons around like 19 or 20. So I was very consistent. Um, and I started working as a pianist. I was an accompanist for a few years. And that's actually how I got to know a lot of singers because I would play for their juries or their recitals. Mm -hmm. I would do the same for instrumentalists. I would play lots of really difficult instrumentalist juries. And those were some really fun times and really gave me such an amazing musical education. Mm -hmm. um, I really, ever since I was little, I think I really felt music. Like there was mm -hmm. just something that Every time I would hear a really good groove or a really beautiful like chord, I would just I would feel it in my bones. Mm -hmm. You know, I see my my face would start contorting and I'd start moving my body. Even as a itty bitty, my mom would tell me she would put up like opera singers on the TV or whatever, and immediately I would just be like, "What is that? What is that?" You know. So mm -hmm. I was always really attuned to it somehow. Yeah. Um, but I never went to school for it. Uh, my dad really didn't want me to be a musician. So mm. for an immigrant family, it's a little bit difficult sometimes because the emphasis really is on get a get a fantastic education, go to the best schools, and then um, work in something that's really like revered and something that will have a number salary that will be consistent, that you'll be able to pay off your debt, like all that kind of stuff. A real job. A real <laughs> job, quote unquote. <laughs> 
Yes. So, so dad, you know, was, was very like super feisty Cuban. Okay. And very much like you guys need to pursue this. Um, he also had five daughters. So I'm the eldest of five girls. And wow. We, yeah, <laughs> we all ended up doing something totally different from each other. Mm. One sister's an accountant. One sister's a sign language interpreter. One sister's in the military. Like it's just all very unique. Yeah. Uh, and so I have this pressure to lead the gang, mm-hmm. like be the doctor. He was very, very, very intent on me being a doctor um, I ended up getting a master's in nutrition science. So right around when I was 20, 20 I got my master's. Um, I graduated early from all my school. Um, my parents were super, super gung-ho on that stuff. I was homeschooled for a while, and then I did charter and private and all sorts of stuff. So I, w- I zipped ahead through my education, had mm-hmm. my master's by the time I was 20, was wow. so sick of school, of classical music, of the same old, same old. My parents just wanted to get me married and get me taken care of, you know. And I was the rebel and I was like, uh-uh, watch me fly. So yeah. I just decided to totally, like kind of out of a state of rebellion, just like, mm-hmm. let's go check out the music industry. Let me just go work for a, a recording studio and see what that's all about. Cause I knew nothing at this point, like nothing. Wow. So I go to the recording studio. It's a fantastic recording studio for me at the time in Woodland Hills and um, just a private engineer in his own home, but really, really beautiful. Like just, just absolutely curated every corner of that, of that studio. Mm -hmm. And he had really high profile clients come in. One of them was um, the earth, wind and fire. And particular members that I played with, I befriended while I was working as the studio rat, the studio manager, whatever you want to call it, um, okay. making everybody's coffees, you know, making sure all of the you know music stands were there and just, I mean, making sure everybody was really comfortable. And I ended up getting to like be friends with them and just get comfortable having a relationship with them. And they were always really like extra, extra sweet. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know what this is, but, I didn't expect icons to be so generous with their time and their attention. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was just the assistant, so it didn't really make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I just really, I'm, I'm just so grateful that, 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 that happened. And Mm -hmm. I ended up at the end of my time there, I had met Chicago, Kiss, Sergio Mendes. I mean, Earth, Wind and Fire, Diana Ross, Common, John Legend. Like I had just worked with, a huge lineup of the best people in this business. Mm-hmm. And I had met all their background singers and I had met all their, their pianists and their trumpet players. And I started to build this like little network. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of my time there, the engineer basically asked me what I wanted to do as part of our payment barter system for working there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just told him what I wanted. I said, I see myself in a red suit. I'm sitting at the piano in your living room. Verdine's over there. You know, John Paris is right there. Serge, and I laid it out for him. And he was like, okay, I guess I'll make this happen. Really? I just, I, I don't know why, but I was balls out that day. I was like, yeah. <laughs> what, what I want? I'm uh-huh. going gonna, gonna to ask for it. What's yeah. the harm? 
right? Like I he love can, it. He can just say no. That's it. Uh-huh. He just says no. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it takes a certain level of courage to just sort of do that. And I'm thankful it was blind courage, but I think that's kind of been something I've had to learn. It's just like, mm-hmm. I just had to show up to those shows. I just, I needed to go to these parties. I needed to ask for these favors. I needed to, I don't know, something about saying what you're dreaming and saying what you're thinking of and putting it out there really allows the people that are around you and your community to know what it is inside of your brain and your heart. Because I know sometimes we sit here and we long and we were like hoping on a star, but saying it out loud really puts it out there and really forces you to do it. So that's how I got the the gig with Earth, Wind & Fire. And that video ended up skyrocketing during COVID and in Ireland, in India, in France. And I mean, it just went global. It was crazy. I started getting fan emails from all over the world. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. I mean, this yeah. is so crazy. Um, so, you know, from that kind of start, kick-started a lot of things for me. And it's been a great performance reel or just like a music video reel to send out to people who are hiring. But um, that's kind of when I made the switch from being mm-hmm. pianist V to singer V. And that's actually where my name came from. I became V because that's what they called me in the studio. Um, okay. Verdine also goes by V. So when we introduced each other, <laughs> he was like, hi, I'm V. And I said, I'm also V. And he said, well, <laughs> you can be V and I'll be Verdine. And I was like, okay, I'm never changing my name ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Verdine loved it. That's my name. Mm-hmm. So I just started calling myself V Jordan, put it on social, put it on like, you know, anywhere people would see it, business cards, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that first year is when I got hired, um, Disney hired me to do something on Disney channel and it was an on-camera spot. Sorry about that. On-camera mm-hmm. spot. And I did, um, a bunch of acapella stuff. I did the Goldbergs. I did, um, a bunch of like TV to start. Mm-hmm. It was really, really fun. And that mm-hmm. kind of made its way into film, um, and then eventually into live performance, started doing background vocals for Danny Elfman. That has been the most fun, the most fun thing ever. His show is insane. You've got to see it if you haven't. Um, it's like rock, film scores, like just craziness. It's it's so fun. So yeah, I think um, after the video, things kind of went crazy for me and the whole world opened up and I just pursued mm-hmm. it. Um, I was on I Can See Your Voice on on their pilot episode on Fox and ended up meeting um, a bunch of friends from there that have kind of led to other opportunities that may come out as well. So, yeah, looking for, you know, at this point, I'm just open to whatever comes next. But honestly, I have just had so much fun in this career. It's been a little mm-hmm. stressful with the strike, <laughs> a little yeah. stressful with COVID. You know, there's been times... But, um, you know, even during that, during COVID, I had the best job I've ever had, which was Wish. I played yeah. a really fundamental role on that film. I was yeah. um, I was Asha's demo singer, essentially. Um, okay. She's the lead character in the movie. 
-hmm. and I performed her big song, This Wish, for like this international Disney summit thing. And I was the first person to ever sing anything from that movie. And it was mm -hmm. kind of like their their presentation of the movie to the all these film executives. So okay. it was just it was a big deal. And then I continued yeah. to work on that film throughout the year. So yeah, just really, really cool. I can't believe I'm here. I never yeah. would have thought my dad oh, was man. Me. <laughs> yeah. He was. It, it took some time. I will say it took some time, but as soon as I invited him into that room with Verdine, all he mm -hmm. had to do is take one look and he was like, okay, yeah. my daughter knows what she's doing. She's doing her thing. Good job V. And then he started calling me V. Um, and that was just really, really sweet. He passed um, last, not last year, but mm -hmm. 2022, end of 2022. Yeah. And it was oh. really cool to have that with him before he yeah. died. Yeah. yeah. Thank God he got to see it with his own yes. eyes, you know, and, yes. and enjoy yeah. it for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's wonderful. Yeah. Man, that is so, oh, it's, I'm so inspired by that. Just backtracking, even just, you know, on the same topic of your yeah. parents, just knowing how hard you had worked to fulfill essentially what was really their dream, you know, what their dream for you was. And, and yeah. it's certainly admirable and, and, yeah. you know, wonderful for a parent yeah. to want the absolute best for, um, for their kids. But I'm not sure of any parent on the planet that would be like, why don't you be a musician or something well, like I that when you grow up? <laughs> that seems cool. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, who would, but I, I love that there was something inside of you that gave you the audacity to step outside of that, you know, what had been kind of figured out for you and right. to make that um, kind of a move. Uh, but then also you then do it again in the studio context, you know, by telling um, the studio uh manager, I, I can't remember if you said his name or not, um, that, you know, this was what you wanted in return. And those are two incidences that just had to be brutally uncomfortable on the inside. But just there's that, was there just that something inside of you that just said you just have to kind of do it? There yeah. was. Um, a really good demonstration of that would be one of my first jobs ever was performing at the Grammy Music Cares. They were honoring Dolly Parton for that. Um, I think mm -hmm. this was 2019. It might have been 2020, 2019, I think. And um, Tim Davis was contracting that one. He's worked with lots of singers in this business, and I love him. And um, I got to be there with a big group of singer friends. It was mm -hmm. just the most fun day. I met my best friend that day. Uh, we were so nervous. You know, all, it was like 3,000, like, uber-famous people around us, and we were just mm -hmm. like, giggling the whole time. It was great. Mm -hmm. There was a, a lady that I sat down with that day, one of the singers. Her name's Wendy Wagner. And I just yeah. love her. She's become like a mentor, mother figure, like everything to me. I love Wendy. And um, she's, she took one look at me after talking to me for like a couple of minutes. And she was like, you know, you've got something about you. There's mm -hmm. when you talk about music, when you talk about what you think you might want to do here, your eyes light up. 
you something about you sparkles when you think about what you want to do here and that's really special and i want you to hold on to that and i've really thought about that ever since she said it but that's a great kind of demonstration of of um what i was feeling when i went up to the engineer and i was like hey this is what i want or i went up to my dad and i told him hey i'm i'm going to be a singer like mm -hmm. you know it, it is balls out it's it takes yeah. courage but i had the thing it was just this I, I knew i was supposed to be in it and i had really good people who told me that i should there's yeah. a big 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 part of me that doubted every part of this and still does mm -hmm. it's just like you know why am i here i'm not as talented as xyz I don't, I don't have a music degree. That's been a big one for me. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't go to music school with all these people. So I don't have like this super long background. Like I don't have anything to stand on other than me, just yeah. my talent and my look and my confidence. And that's mm -hmm. challenging when you're going into a situation where especially on film scores. I'm usually singing with people who are in the Los Angeles Master Chorale, people mm -hmm. who have like famous kind of opera singers. And I mean, it's just like Avatar was a crazy job. That was like an opera session. Oh, yeah. So mm. that, was, that was a true test of my skill because I was standing next to five sopranos in the Los Angeles Master Chorale. And then there mm -hmm. was me. I was like, okay, I, I got to find it in me. Where's that sparkle? Come on, V. Like, yeah. I just have to tap into it and believe that it's there and put my best foot forward, um, mm -hmm. and then call it and then call it a day. Yeah, that's. Oh, I admire and respect that so much. And I, I love that you've touched on kind of that, um, you know, I, I don't know if you ever use this terminology about the way that you felt, but kind of that imposter syndrome thing where when you are in a business where most of the people who are highly successful in it do just are just loaded with credentials or with yeah. um, family legacy, you know, that brought them into these situations. Oh, man. And just have the resume and then, but to have that, you know, enough grit inside of you to say, well, I'm going to step into this world anyways, even though there's big parts of me that feel like I don't necessarily deserve to be there or, be or really belong there. Yes. Um, but you do it anyway. And look at you now, you know, yeah. <laughs> probably my best story about grit mm -hmm. is I was in a kind of like a workshop thing and there was a contractor who um, mistakenly thought that I was singing the wrong note. So there was a, we were singing a chord, soprano, alto. He heard a little flub from someone behind me. Mm -hmm. there's, there's 50 singers. Okay. I'm in the front row. There's 50 mm -hmm. session singers, popular ones in LA. He, you know, the, the, the contractor comes up to me and says, Hey, stop singing. And this is my first time. Like this is within my first month of being in the business. Uh. <laughs> He's just like, stop singing to just to me, grabs me by my shoulder, stop singing, walks away. Whoever was behind me, not getting that just stop singing. So of course, when he said, sing the chord, it was in tune. So naturally 
He thought I was the problem. It's okay. They make mistakes. But that was a really tough one because it was mm. one of and nobody knew who I was. I was a brand new face. Um, that was really hard for about 10 seconds. I was like, oh my God, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Like, just like that. You're done. Pack and your then, bag. <laughs> and then 10 seconds later, I was I found that sparkle. I said, you know what? I want that contractor to hire me in the next two years. Mm -hmm. And I just made it a goal. I was like, you know what? This is tough. This yeah. is hard. I want that person to hire me for a job within the next two years. And I want to prove that I can do this to myself. Yeah. That is, that's grit. It really is. You put your, you put your big girl pants on and just said that, you know, hard things are going to yeah. happen. And I'm a per, I'm a person who can handle that. And I'm willing to yeah. put myself in those situations where, uh, where those things just inevitably happen. Mm -hmm. And you could have gone in a different direction with that whole thing. You could have felt very sorry for yourself, embarrassed, and then yeah. maybe gotten a little like resentful towards yes. the, uh, yes. uh the person meeting yes. and just gone down a totally different road. And where would that have gotten you? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I did, they did hire me within mm -hmm. the two years. I got the job and it was just a victory. It was a freaking like, I took a victory lap around the mm -hmm. house. I, was like, I did it. I proved <laughs> it myself because that was the most important thing. You're talking about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is within you. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a voice of fear that says you don't deserve to be here. You don't have enough credentials, whatever, whatever, whatever. There's a, there's a host of reasons. Mm -hmm. But knowing that that is within me, and that outside of me, there were very good and very important people saying, you do deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is my own voice that I have to learn to turn off myself. Yeah. Otherwise, right. you're right. It can go toward the path of resentment very quickly mm -hmm. and then regret, you know, yeah. so. Yeah. And that's easy. It's easy to yeah. indulge in that and to sink into that and go home and, you know, pout about it a little bit. And, and, um, but when you can take the higher road and really just embrace those situations when they happen, they, you know, can, it stings and everything, but, you know, when you can really use it to, um, as a stepping stone forward, that's, um, that's amazing. It really, really yeah. is. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. Um, so uh, I guess more on the um, imposter syndrome thing, because yeah. I, I think it's an important topic because it's really, your journey really um, is a great illustration of how to, you know, get past those things. Um, because initially you were known as piano player. Yes. Not even in, you know, it's, yes. singing wasn't even like your <laughs> signature thing. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, like when, when did that start emerging? When did the singer side of you start coming out? Yeah. Um, it was funny. I was on, I can see your voice. And they asked me this question during like a, a round, like on, on live TV. Uh -huh. and I was, and they asked me the same question. They're like, when did you start singing? 
Adrian um, Houghton asked me this question. She's like, when did you start singing? I was like, last year. And they all stopped and they were like, what? <laughs> no way. They didn't even believe me. But really, what this is true. What mm -hmm. happened was I was purely a pianist and I would do the whole, you know, pick up the guitar sometimes and sing a little, you know, sing a little Tori Kelly or something, just like in my bedroom or, you know, or maybe sing in the church choir or something like that. Yeah. And I was always a really high soprano. That was just kind of naturally my, my range. My voice was usually softer and really, really like pure. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of like a kid voice. So I didn't really develop that until I got into vocal jazz. And that I started doing when I was around 20. Mm -hmm. um, and I was in a vocal jazz group um, through a community college called College of the Canyons in Santa Clarita, California, led by Julie Lawson, who's just one of my dearest friends um, today. Mm -hmm. And she just gave me a shot. You know, I came out of nowhere. I wasn't going to the school. And I was just like, hey, <laughs> can I be a part of this? This this sounds really cool. Again, just like, let me Another just- Another example. <laughs> let me just see what happens. And she was like, yeah, sure. I mean, we're kind of low on, on um, Sopranos anyway. So mm -hmm. I came in, I auditioned. I'd never heard of a 12-bar scat before, but I did it that day. And, you know, um, I just really excelled in that group. I mm -hmm. think- I had a lot to learn in the beginning, but then I really picked it up. And that's really a strength of mine is I, I just learn really quickly and can mm -hmm. hold on to really, really fast. So by the time I was there for the second semester, um, I really felt like I was, I was leading the group. Um, mm -hmm. I was sight reading better. I was, I was remembering the passages better. I was connecting with the band better. There was, there was just a, what do you call it? Like, a, um, I, when, when Julie would say, here's what this musical phrase is calling for. Here's what I need you guys to do. Mm -hmm. I had already done it. And I don't know how to explain exactly what that is. Other than my piano background really gave me such a key theoretical and, and just a deeply musical understanding of the music itself, of the sheet mm -hmm. music. Yeah. So I became a really good sight reader because I knew what those little hairpins were. I knew what the Italian words meant. Like mm -hmm. and that meant something to me because I was like, the music is calling for me to do this. So I am going to do that to the best of my ability. And that helped me to understand, wow, I think I'm learning how to sing. Yeah. I know what she's saying before she sang it. So that's really cool. And then over the next three years, I did it for three years. Mm -hmm. We did a bunch of jazz competitions and festivals. And I always had a solo every semester. So that was a really good way to, I mean, vocal jazz is just, that's just, it's difficult. And it's so yeah. fun. It's my favorite thing to sing. And um, it just taught me so fast. I, I learned mm -hmm. so many things. And she put me in every um, girl part. I was all, I was soprano one and then I was alto two. And then I was, so she put me everywhere. So I got to try every vocal part and, and learn kind of what the altos do as opposed to what the sopranos do. Um, I put a lot of little groups together and we started doing our own stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
So that through that is kind of how I learned how to sing. And mm -hmm. I really learned what I could do. And, and then I started working at the studio somewhere around like midway through those three years. And that's where I started putting all those pieces together in a studio um, environment. Um, and I got to sing a lot in the studio. I did a lot of little demos, a lot of reels that I use to this day. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I kind of learned through, through doing it and seeing yeah. what, what my voice could do. Yeah. It's yeah. really fascinating because you came at it from almost an opposite direction that a lot of singers do, which is yes. they're singers. They come yeah. out of the womb singing and then yes. they are then kind of molded theoretically, you know, and, yes. and, and kind of, uh, develop their musicality after the fact, but right. you had that soul deep before you were really yeah. excelling as a singer. And it's, it's just a, it just seems like a, just a, a knowing that you had an understanding of music and, and you were just able to just articulate it with your voice. What's even more interesting is that I told you before, I only listen to classical music and like soundtrack film scores. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know who Stevie Wonder was until I was 16 years old. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who Queen and Aerosmith and the Beatles. I didn't know yeah. this music. I didn't know these groups. Mm -hmm. um, and that part usually shocks people because that is literally all I sing now. When mm -hmm. I perform at the jazz club, my set is purely from the 70s. Yeah. 80s. I'm singing funk, soul, jazz, R&B. So it just, like I said, I'm a fast learner and it kind of became a part of me as soon as I heard it. I was 16 when I found Stevie Wonder, Nat King Cole, and Doris Day. Those are mm -hmm. like my first three. And then from mm -hmm. there, Stevie did so many collaborations. I listened to all of his albums. And that's basically mm -hmm. how I learned about all the different artists. Um, yeah. And that really educated me. A lot. I would sing in my car and I would try to sound exactly like the singer that I heard. Mm -hmm. And I would start to train different, what I didn't know were vocal techniques back then and colors and tones and all this stuff that I had to learn. And eventually I was able to put more language to that as I got some mentoring and I got someone to actually help me understand the voice a little better and to train me. But in the beginning, it really was just me and Stevie mm -hmm. and a little bit of vocal jazz. Yeah. Um, and that really taught me how to sing. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a solid mentor. That was a probably sure a is. really good choice. <laughs> a very, very special relationship with him. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Your, your story is so, so inspiring. And I know it's going to be yeah. really inspiring um, to everybody listening to this uh, as well. Um, I, I'm going to ask you a final question, but before we do that, um, Tell us again about the um, the performance that you have coming up, and I'll make sure that yeah. I put links and everything in the great, show notes. Great, So I have a show at Vibrato Grill Jazz. It's on February 2nd. Mm -hmm. There's two shows. One's at 7, uh, one's at 9.30. The 7 o'clock show has a dinner at 6 for anyone who wants to go for a little date night or something special. Yeah. Uh, we are literally playing all the crowd favorites from the last year that I've been doing, 70s, dance music, like just – all the fun stuff. Most people are going to know almost every song. So it's yeah. just, it's going to be a party. Awesome. I love yeah. it. 
Wow. Well, uh, V, like I said, I, I'm super inspired by you. And I know that as I go on with my week and when I start, you know, tackling some of the hard things I need to do, I'm going to channel my inner V and ask myself, what would V do? Give me that <laughs> grit. <laughs> That's right. I love it. And I think we all have that inside us somewhere. But, yeah. you know, just depending on our conditioning and, you know, where we're coming from, um, there's a, a few select people that just will listen to that in yes. that inside of them. And, and I uh, wanted to add that you always have, you have to continue doing that. Yeah. It, it's highly relevant to me today to continue having that grit, to continue mm -hmm. that, the intensity of that pursuit of what I want, because the industry isn't just sitting there waiting for you. You have to go out and get it. You have to ask for it. Mm -hmm. And you want to do it in a way that's organic. And that's kind of difficult sometimes. But, mm -hmm. you know, I had the really special opportunity to sing in the Nightmare Before Christmas shows at the Hollywood Bowl last year. Mm -hmm. And Catherine O'Hara was there. And I mean, Danny Elfman, of course, was there. And it was my first time singing for that show. Mm -hmm. And that was a situation where I literally just emailed the lady that I knew was contracting Bobby page. And I, I just said, Hey, I'm V here's my stuff. Mm -hmm. I would love to sing with you sometime. But that took weeks. I was like, you know, I was nervous. I had sung with her before in some films, but I knew that I just needed to, I just needed her to see me. Yeah. And so I just went for it. And it just so happened that she had a spot to fill and mm -hmm. that I got to sing on that one, but it is still relevant to keep that pursuit. And as a mom, it's, it's a totally new thing that I'm exploring how mm -hmm. to pursue while I have a little baby that's on my mind 90% yep. of the time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to say that, you know, it, like, I think some people think if once one and done, mm -hmm. Oh, she, she pursued earth, wind and fire. She got the viral video. Yeah. It's done. Her career is there for her now. It's like, mm -hmm. no, every week I'm still, emailing people, calling people, texting people. I'm still trying to see what I can show up to now. I'm mm -hmm. still, I still have to put myself out there and I still have to use grit to get what mm -hmm. I want. Mm -hmm. I just want to throw that out there. I'm so glad you did. It's, that is such a great message. I hope everybody's listening and really absorbing that. Um, I want to ask a, a quick follow-up question on that because, you know, I think a, a little mistake that I see with sun singers who have a lot of energy and inner confidence to, yeah. um, you know, make the ask and, and, you know, put themselves in these situations, uh, can come off sometimes as a little maybe opportunistic or just like, it's very clear that they're there with an agenda and yes. maybe not so much that they genuinely care about the, you know, relationship aspect of it. Like, how do you keep that in check? So what, what is the spirit that you are channeling when you are, you know, yeah. pursuing opportunities? What do you Great question. Great question. And I love talking about this with my students because a lot of them are coming from UCLA or USC and they're, they're just trying to get into the business. And what I usually tell them is, you know, the heart that you have coming into the relationship with whoever this person is that you're trying to, to network with. Um, the reality is you want to get to know people so that they eventually hire you so that you get to do the job and you make money and you get to do this career in music. So that's the reality. 
but the heart I think is what makes the difference. So usually when I'm approaching someone in the past, notice I use the word grit. I use the word courage. I didn't use the word confidence. And the reason is because I think sometimes super confidence comes off as super egotistical and super self-minded. This Mm -hmm. is about me. I want the job. What can you give to me? Mm -hmm. As opposed to the heart and the mindset coming into it is I'm really grateful to be here. I want to give credit to the people who have already gotten me here. So I'm usually really, 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 really important to me is to give credit. There's like five people in my mind that I'm like, that person got me that, which led me to that. That person got me that. And I always thank them for it. And that kind of heart and humility really Mm -hmm. comes out when I'm trying to have a relationship with a person because that's the kind of relationship I want with them. Yeah, I want a relationship where it's mutually beneficial, where I give you the credit and the recognition that you deserve Mm -hmm. for giving me what I wished for, what I wanted. And um, it's more about the heart and the mindset. And that really kind of helps what you say. Mm-hmm. that's always the hard part as well. So yeah, I would just say, you know, it's hard to tell someone be humble. So the more I, I think the way that I say it is be grateful and extend credit where it's due. And that attitude tends to come out really organically to someone. Yeah. And it gives a relationship that two way mutually mm-hmm. beneficial. I'm giving to you, you're giving to me and honestly finding ways to benefit that person. Mm-hmm. Helpful. I've done a lot of free stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of free stuff. We all do it, right? We have to do mm-hmm. free stuff for people that we're hoping will eventually be willing to hire us. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy to do that because I know that that wins good favor and goodwill. Mm-hmm. Between us. And that's what matters. It's yeah. not you need to really, my approach isn't to try to charm them into it or to mm-hmm. try to win them over with like, how cute I am or mm-hmm. how I talk or, mm-hmm. you know, or here's my long list of things that I've done. Yeah. It's not really my way. Um, yeah. That can be some people's way, but I think that can go south really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are the things I usually say to my students and we usually have exercises that we try to practice. I do real role situations where I'm like, here, mm-hmm. come talk to me, <laughs> you know, Love that. try to market yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it takes some practice. I've definitely done, I've, I've definitely not done a good job sometimes. It's okay. It happens. Yeah, that's life. Yeah. That is, oh, that's such beautiful, beautiful advice. I love that. Just creating reciprocal um, relationships and, yeah. um, and and not thinking of it in terms of like it being transactional, but but yes. really uh, an energy reciprocation yes. where you're, you're really trying to pour into somebody else's life and offer them something. And it's not that it's expected in return, but it's just, that is just a, I think it's just a law of the universe. That's just how it goes. You know, yes. that's how it works. And almost and those, everyone mm-hmm. that has hired me, I have a very personal friendship with them. Mm-hmm. And that that really is the win for me. Yeah, the relationship is the win. Yeah, the 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 job, the project is really cool. I'm so proud mm-hmm. of what I've been able to do, and I'm looking forward to what I'm going to be able to do in the future. Mm-hmm. But the relationship is what lasts the longest and yeah. will have the most impact in the future. 
So that's the real reward right there. Yep. yep. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, V, um, obviously, you know, just talking about your journey and, and the things that you've had to, uh, or you've come up against the obstacles that you've had, um, and just you, you, your grit, your determination and everything. What is it that makes you unstoppable? Oh, what is it that makes me unstoppable? Um, yeah, I think it's just my, it's just the, the clarity on who I am, what do I value? What do I want for my life? And, um, and how do I want to, how do I want to extend goodwill to the people that are around me? Mm -hmm. I think that really is the success that I have found. And that fills me the most with the most satisfaction. So I think what makes me unstoppable is actually just my kindness. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I want uh, relationships with people that uh, last and, and are good and are well. And that's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to do. So yeah. that, that to me is really a true marker of success in my career. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. Wow. I love our conversation. This was yeah. amazing. I'm so glad we finally made it happen. Yeah. Yay. And, uh, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time to, Absolutely. um, chat with me and I definitely am going to want to follow up and I will continue to be a cheerleader on the sidelines. I always love seeing your updates on Instagram and whatnot. <laughs> and I uh, wish you the very best at your uh, show on the second and I'll put all of the info and in the links and um, thank you to everybody listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, but we'll, uh, we'll let you go for now, V. Thank all right. You Bye you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career.